the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. It's Friday, so let's talk strategy a little bit more than specifics on the market. <clears throat> I'll hit some of the market news. Don't worry. So I think it's important. We saw some weak jobs number for Friday of the month. That's helping the idea that the Fed is done raising interest rates, which became a thing this week. Did I know it was going to happen this week? No. We knew that we were oversold after three months of a down market. And that set us up to have an, a rebound. But it's the data that's helping right now. Job gains slow. Unemployment ticks up as auto strikes way. Again, those auto strikes are going to go away. Uh, 10-year treasury sits at 4.5. We can work with that. Stock market can be constructive and in the year with a rally. If it goes to five, thinking the Fed Reserve is going to raise interest rates again, I don't think the market's going to really do well. Now, we will get to a point where we need the, a little bit more stimulus to down to the four levels which will probably be the normalized 10-year treasury rates for the next five years. That's the expectation. It's not the reality. It's the expectation. Only losing stock that I see today is Apple. They had a nice quarter, um, but no growth. The growth that they did get was in their services. The company achieved all-time record for revenue in India. The company faced foreign currency headwinds in the September quarter. 66% of college students are choosing a Mac. Subscriptions in Major League Soccer season have exceeded expectations. America's had their September quarter record. The company has 1 billion paid subscribers across all of its services. That's pretty impressive. Not 1 billion phone users. 1 billion subscribers. That's... um, Again, like I said, good quarter, but not a lot of growth. And that's just being honest. They also said the next quarter looks like a good quarter, but not a lot of growth. Of note, they just raised prices on their services in the last two weeks. So that will hit about two-thirds of the next quarter's earnings. Let's talk some strategy now. And this one's pretty obvious. Um, it seems like we should be playing some Beyonce or some Taylor Swift, right? Live Nation reported earnings yesterday. And if you've ever gone to a concert in America, you know it's frustrating. Ticket fees, right? Ticketmaster parent benefited from high prices and pent-up demand. As we did segments dedicated to Beyonce and Taylor Swift. It was pretty obvious who was going to be a winner here, other than Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Live Nation Entertainment delivered its strongest quarter ever, on pace for a record 2023 on the backs of concerts. 
higher ticket prices and pent up demand. Revenue shot up 32% to 8.2 billion in the quarter, significantly higher than the 6.99 billion expected. Most of its revenue comes from concert business. Some of it comes from merchandising sales and production of live music events. Live Nation sold a record 140 million tickets so far in 2023, up 17% from the same period last year. More than 121 million tickets the company sold in all of 2022. So we saw the Taylor Swift's. We saw the stadiums. I'm not saying this is so Peter Lynch that it's Peter Lynchian. Peter Lynch, famed Fidelity mutual fund uh, captain is, is the word I'm looking for. He talked about picking stocks by just keeping your eyes open. When you go to the mall, see where the kids are shopping. When your kids want to go to dinner, see where they want to go to dinner. So he bought famously into companies like Gap Stores, famously into Chipotle's Mexican Grill in the 1980s when they, they were growing and they were a concept that we were like, wow, Tex-Mex, let's go get some. So we've seen concerts and we've heard about Bruce Springsteen selling out and we've heard uh, Ed Sheeran selling out stadiums. This was kind of a no-brainer. Who else toured this year? Harry Styles, Billy Joel, Stevie Nicks, Journey, Bruce Springsteen, Paramore, the Jonas Brothers, Carrie Underwood, SZA, the Chili Peppers, Reba McIntyre, Lizzo, Blink-182, um, and many, many others. On the docket for 2024? Because Wall Street's not all about uh, the past. It's all about the future. Coldplay, Metallica, Pink, Bruno Mars, Aerosmith, Foo Fighters, Ed Sheeran. Rolling Stones are expected to go on tour again. That is crazy, isn't it? But give them credit. They're still, they're still putting on a show. Um, so Ticketmaster is a publicly traded company. And sometimes if you can't beat them, join them, is my thought. We talked about Ticketmaster after the pandemic that they were going to be a huge winner and they have been. So it's not that much of a surprise. Um, Ticketmaster is also known as live nation, live nation entertainment. Um, today they are down slightly. So it's not a, it's well known at this point in time. Um, uh, having gone from about, where's that at? 67 to $82. Now, keep of note, uh, they also have a Department of Justice investigation in them. <clears throat> and it never really looks that bad, probably until it does, if that makes sense. Um, they're trying to be a little more transparent with their fees. They had to make right for messing with the Swifties saying tickets would be on sale, and then no one got tickets. That was a little bit of her fault, though, too, in my opinion. Department of Justice is aiming to investigate Live Nation over anti-competitive agreements with venues. And this works like Live Nation has a venue in Detroit, and they tell 
Taylor Swift, if you want to play in LA at our venue, then you have to play in Detroit as well. Uh, I could see this one getting to a hundred dollars a share. Evercore ISI upgraded the company to outperform. Firm says regulatory overhang uncertainty about 2024 growth and upside to near-term estimates creates an attractive entry point for the shares. So what Evercore is saying, because the government's investigating them, that's a good thing. Now, if I had, if I call Live Nation my entertainment stock, um, I might say Meta <clears throat> is an entertainment stock as well. In my head, it depends on how you group things. I'd probably rather own Meta than Live Nation. Um, but I like great companies that don't have a lot of competition. When their price gets dislocated, in this case, due to Department of Justice and due to the pandemic, uh, they do have a lot of debt. That's worthy of note. But they have a lot of debt issued at lower prices. They're not taking on a lot of debt now. So we want to see them service that debt. It's a little bit more than just saying, oh, Taylor Swift and Beyonce. I got gotcha. you. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I put a big new video on YouTube yesterday uh, discussing the markets with uh, E.P. Wells, Adam. You can find it online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Or you can find it at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Brought to you by E.P. Wells. This is the Rob Black Show. So in that first segment, I talked a little bit about two stocks that I like. I slipped one in there. Meta and Live Nation. They both have something in common. Department of Justice. I said something that may sound goofy or weird or fun. Or it may have triggered you. I don't mind a Department of Justice investigation. It creates a discounting scenario. Of course, you'd always consult broken rights take action. Any sucks you ever here on the show. One of the concepts I don't talk enough about is passive income. And if you have a million dollars, what would you do with it? It's a fun question, right? Today's high interest rate environment has been challenging in many respects. The silver lining is it's good for passive income. 5% interest rates on the 10-year treasury, very tough for stocks, very easy for passive income. For laying out some options to capitalize on prevailing yields and considering the associated tax consequences, it's helpful to evaluate your existing financial picture. Everyone should have a rough idea. It doesn't have to be a refined idea, but a rough idea of your total assets. And those can include stocks, bonds. They can be held in IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, brokerage accounts. What's your work status? How many years have you had income? Does your income add to your assets? Do you have any other sources of income? Dividends, Social Security, pensions, 
Are you going to get an inheritance? I've got roughly a million dollars in a money account called Flourish. Uh, it's an online bank. And I'm pulling in $50,000 a year in passive income. That's pretty attractive to me. That's one thing you could do with a million dollars. As I get older, and I'm thinking probably 60, I'm going to start buying what are called, so you can put passive income in money market funds if you had a million dollars. As I get older and I'm thinking 60, I'm going to consider municipal bonds, also known as munis. Now, on that 50000 that I'm making in the Flourish money market account, I'm going to have to pay taxes. In municipal bonds, I wouldn't have to pay taxes. There's a lot of municipal bond funds. I think that's probably the easier way for people to go about um, finding an idea. And you could Google whatever state you're in. You can go to whatever brokerage you're in and just type in municipal bond funds. But you're tying it to your state. Um, This was one of the products that I first looked at that I was, I don't want to say fascinated by, but it was intriguing when I was a younger person. Um, There's some risk, of course. You're hoping that the state that you're in is issuing the bonds. They're basically IOUs in parts of the country or in parts of the state that are attractive and have the ability to pay it back. Now, I did not have this theory or this thought one year ago when interest rates were near zero. But now that they're in the five handle, four and a half, um, you can look at, you can start looking at this area as a way of generating passive income. Picking up what I'm putting down. It's not the fail safe of everything. It's passive income. They're a solid option. As with any investment, you will want to consider your goals, evaluating credit ratings and maturities in relationship to the yield. You can expect to earn in exchange for taking on credit and duration risk. Duration risk is what happens if you buy it when the bond yield was at 1% and then the 10-year treasury goes to 5%, you're going to lose. That bond you bought yielding 1%, it's going to be worth less than a bond yielding 5%. So that's some of the risk that you can take with municipal bonds. Now, municipal bonds are typically not subject to federal taxes or state taxes in the state where they're issued. Municipal bonds tend to be a tax-efficient investment. We might see something come out of the whole Israel Hamas battles where the United States issues war bonds. Very, very similar. Another way you can have passive income off a million dollars is CDs, also known as compact discs. No, no, no. Certificates of deposit. They've gained in popularity. As interest rates have increased, CDs can be particularly attractive if you do not need to liquidate over a period of time. In the industry, we do something called ladders. 
So I might be able to buy a one-year CD at 5%. And in 12 months, they give me my money back plus 5%. And you ladder it by buying a two-year and a three-year. And then once your one-year comes up, you buy a three-year. As your three years graduate down to a two-year left in the term, and your two years graduated down to a one-year. I myself, um, out of all the passive income ideas, because of my age, I've already told you I've got about a million in money markets. That's earning me about 50000 this year. But dividend stocks, I'm setting up so that when I retire, I go after high-dividend, high-quality stocks, dividend achievers. The SP 500 high dividend index was paying a dividend yield in excess of 5% at the end of September. That's not dividend achievers. That's the SP 500 high dividend index. The higher percent you get yield, the more risk. So when you're talking six, seven, eight percent in income, you're talking junk bonds. Junk bonds aren't always junk. So Unlike fixed income products, dividend stocks typically provide more opportunity for appreciation. One. Um, I give you one idea right now that a dividend stock that I'm I think is very attractive. I don't own it directly, but I own it in S and P five hundred funds. I think Verizon is very attractive right now. Their ten year free cash flows are higher than their dividends. I don't feel they're going to go out of business. I feel the competitive landscape got very competitive there with Mint Mobile, but that's starting to back off. The deals they used to have to do to get phones in your hands, they're starting to pare down on the deals. Uh, So when I take a look at a Verizon, take a look at the yield, take a look at the 10 years. Right now it's yielding 7.4%. It's a $36 stock. I could own that for a year and not stress myself. Um, after that, we're going to have to have some conversations about the competitive landscape. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube a Rob Black Show. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. So I was talking about in the last segment what you can do with a million dollars to get you passive income. I talked about money market funds. I've got my money with a company called Flourish, about a million dollars. It is mostly my emergency money, but there's some in there that I could use for stock purchases or vacations. Municipal bonds. I talked about certificates of deposit, CDs, dividend stocks. I tend to like the dividend achievers, but you could also go with a high dividend index. The S&P 500 high dividend index. I talked a little bit about Verizon and I didn't really finish my thought there. So I will now. I would only own this for income and I don't. A lot of the cable companies, you started seeing subscribers go down on Brown Bad. That's interesting to note. The competitive landscape is starting to work again in the telco's favors. I don't like AT&T. But I do kind of like Verizon for the dividend and the fact that it's oversold. It yields about 7.4% right now. It's got a PE of about seven. It's free cash flow, which is how I judge this stock, is healthy. 
Um, so I don't see a dividend cut anytime, shape, way, or form. But man, it is a utility. Trading at seven times this year's earnings and six times next year's. So uh, they're doing less subsidies on Apple products. A couple other things you could do to get passive income <clears throat> would be master limited partnerships. Before I finish on that Verizon, there is some risk there. Please note. Um, I would free go with maybe like a McDonald's who's getting two and a half percent yields trading at 25 times, 20 times earnings. So the yield of the 7% on the Verizon tells you it is a much riskier position than say a two and a half percent on a McDonald's. If you want to own something called master limited partnerships or real estate investment trusts, I am pro that. REITs are real estate investment trusts. Um, one of my favorite ideas for income. I own some REITs in my personal um, accounts. Keep in mind, I'm again telling you that I'm not counting on the income now. With the REITs that I do own, I reinvest the dividends into the company so I don't pay capital gains tax. Uh, not capital gains, uh, state federal taxes. Income taxes. Um, so I'm reinvesting. So I'm getting more shares so that when I do retire and I need that dividend to live off, I just turn on that dividend tap on and I'm well taken care of. So what is a REIT? A REIT stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. A REIT sells shares to investors and you can directly purchase them. They then use that money to go out and buy real estate. Um, there's five basic concepts of REITs. There's mortgage REITs. There's healthcare REITs. There's office REITs. There's residential REITs. There's retail REITs. Now, we've all heard about people not going back to work and how that's affecting office REITs. What it's doing is it's creating lower values, and that's already priced into many of them. This will probably be a very good year to cherry pick some office REITs um, because there's a lot of negative news already there. But that's not my strategy. I like the healthcare REITs. Um, spouse is going to the doctor today. Doctor has an office set up, typically close to a hospital, right? And he pays a healthcare REIT company to manage it for him. Um, so he doesn't have to deal with the air conditioning. He doesn't have to deal with the parking, uh, repaving that. Uh, healthcare REITs, I think, are similar to retail REITs. Physical retail stores continue to lose business to online shopping, healthcare costs across the country. Medical REITs are doing the same thing. A lot of people are saying, you know what? I don't need to go to the doctor. Doctor could be in his own house and do a video visit with me. There's always risk that you have to try to find and understand. Which one's more important? With retail REITs, you know, Amazon hurts them. With healthcare REITs, um, online Zoom calls with your doctor hurts them. Telehealth. With office REITs, the pandemic hurt them. There's always going to be something, right? Otherwise, be easy money. Uh, with mortgage REITs, these are a little bit trickier. They work differently because you own the mortgage loan that gets serviced. Mortgage REITs could be a nice way to diversify your holdings amongst your other REITs, in my opinion. I think for the average person, and the average person I'm talking about, like a UAW worker, 
instead of going out and buying office properties and healthcare properties, I, I personally think they should be buying REITs. It's the best way to own real estate, in my opinion, because you don't actually own, you don't actually have to service the mortgage. Someone else is doing that. You don't put your name on the dotted line. Robert Black, I need a loan for $3 million so I can set up a oncology center. Um, so it's a way of owning real estate without having a lot of the liability. If that oncology center goes out of business, it's okay. And I think the final area, and REITs for the record, they, um, they, uh, it was passed by Congress in the 60s. And it was a way of setting up real estate, I think, for wealthy people. Because the stock market back in the 60s, you really had to have money to invest. A stock transaction would cost you $400 and to buy and $400 to sell. And as the internet came along and pushed all the cost out of the commissions, I think REITs have been set up very nicely for the average American to own real estate, to diversify their retirement plans, to get some passive income from real estate without actually going out and buying said real estate. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. There's one other area of passive income that I could talk about called Master Limited Partnerships. This is an area that um, you can buy like oil pipelines. I'm okay with this. It gets a little bit tricky in your taxes, so I don't like talking about it very often. Uh, um, last thing on rates, I'm going back again. Um, Congress set it up so that they didn't have to pay corporate taxes. So if it's a healthcare REIT and let's say they're managing oncology centers, they share 90% of the income with you. I think it was a way of Congress basically setting up a investment thing so that they can get real estate and diversify their portfolios and make it for a tax-free entity. So it's more efficient than say you or I. If we own an oncology center, we would have to pay taxes. Um, as long as they're passing that, that income off to you, they're okay. So finally, the, the master limited partnerships, I'm a little bit less like them. Um, the most famous one, in my opinion, is the Larian MLP index. It measures energy infrastructure MLPs. They offer the average yield of 10.1%. Uh, that was through December uh, 2019. That far outpaced the 1.88% yield offered by the S&P 500. Um, and real estate investment trust were yielding about 3.5%. They're called pass-throughs. And it's just a little bit trickier to analyze. And you get a, a K-1, which messes up your taxes. Um, because it's not it's just another form you're going to have to file is what it comes down to. And a lot of people don't know that. And then they get a K-1 in the mail and they're like, what's this? And then they get audited by the IRS and they get like, wait, why am I getting audited by the IRS? You get the idea. So Matthew Perry just died. And in typical gloomy fashion, um, let's talk about it. He was reportedly bringing in $20 million a year in syndication income, passive income from a TV show. Thanks to his work on Friends. That residual cash flow stream is presumably owned by his estate now. 
There's a Matthew Perry Foundation. It's a donor-advised fund sponsored by and maintained by the National Philanthropic Trust. A significant portion of the actor's wealth came from his most iconic role, obviously. $20 million a year he's still getting. That's crazy. When an actor passes away, residual payments are considered the actor's personal property. That residual cash flow stream is presumably owned by his estate, like I said. There's other possibilities uh, of what could happen. Since he resided in the state of California, a certified financial um he was also a member of the Screen Actors Guild that had his contracts in which its members can list beneficiaries for residual payments. So he probably had like his brother, if he had a brother or a sister. Um, very similar to your 401k. Everyone should update their paperwork this week if you have it. Uh, in my 20s, when I was investing, I had opened up mutual funds and I wasn't particularly close to my brothers and sister. So I'd put like the girlfriend because I, I knew I was going to marry her and I never did. So some of that paperwork needs to be updated. Um, all states have a framework that dictates how your cash and belongings ought to be distributed when you die. We'll learn more about his trust. We'll learn more about his will. I'm sure but TMZ is probably on the case right now. Charity probably figured into his estate. Um, he had close relationships personally, but he was not married. Um, he supported many uh, philanthropic interests. So hopefully his attorneys got him sat down and said, Hey, you've had a lot of addiction problems in your life. You might go at any time due to like a weakened heart. Hopefully it was set up properly, but $20 million a year of note. Individuals can leave up to 12.9 million to heirs without triggering a federal state tax bill. Beyond that, the federal state tax rate is 40%. So I guess we should say rest in peace, Matthew Perry. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So my last show of the week, I tried to do a strategy show. I hope they help. Um. Starlink has just achieved cash flow break even. So says SpaceX CEO Elon Musk. I would look for an IPO of that sooner than later. Maybe a spinoff of SpaceX. Um, pretty cool service that works around the world. 75% of holiday travelers are cutting back. Are you? Over 75% of holiday travelers are adjusting their plans for Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's due to inflation and pricing pressures. So we came out of the pandemic and we didn't go to Europe immediately. We flew across the country. And in that first summer, we were still like, let's go to Europe. Let's do this. I've seen more pictures on friends' Instagrams of European travels. I'm not saying it makes me sick, but let's just say due to my job, I don't take a lot of time off. Travelers are exchanging flying for driving. 27% this year. Taking fewer trips, 23%. Choosing less expensive accommodations or destinations, 23%. Inflation is hitting younger travelers more. Amongst holiday travelers, 86% of Generation Z, that's people who are 18 to 26-year-old, 80% are millennials, 77% Gen Xers, and 68% baby boomers. 
They say they're changing their plans due to inflation. I think that's a good thing. I hope that people save more money. This week, I was saddened by um, some of the news of what I saw at Generation Xers, the average Generation X. That's essentially 45 to 58 years old. In that bracket range, has only saved $40,000 on average for retirement. That's not enough. And that's a little bit upsetting. So one of the things I like about the strikes recently, um, whether it be UPS or the United Auto Workers, is it's going to get more wages for Americans, which hopefully they save and invest some. Um, That's paramount to me. Um, I think one of the reasons we have a lot of hate in this country, whether it's you're pro-MAGA or anti-MAGA, pro-Black Lives Matter, anti-Black Lives Matter. I think I'm being fair by saying both sides of those. I think there's a lot of hate because a lot of people don't have money. A lot of people don't have savings. A lot of people aren't able to enjoy their lives. They're working paycheck to paycheck. Over 60% of Americans work paycheck to paycheck, which when you say that, you're like, that doesn't mean anything to me. What it means is... 60% of America is not saving for retirement. And that's become the norm. Anything over 50% is the norm. It's it's the way society is functioning. And it's a massive malfunction or dysfunction, in my opinion. So Apple reported numbers last night. They're down today, two bucks. Yesterday, they were up three bucks. For the year, they're up 20%. Like, how do you judge a company? I look at it as a floating opera. It depends on where you are, right? Um, John Barth wrote a play called The Floating Opera that teaches you a lot about life and perspective. If there was an opera that was floating in the air and you got really close to it, it might be too loud. If you get too far away, it might be too soft. If you get underneath it, you may not hear the high notes. If you get on top of it, you may not hear the bass. Try to get some perspective in life and understand that there's no right answer. There's just compromises. Bond King Jeffrey Gunlack warns that higher for longer interest rates could trigger the next financial crisis. He's got a funny line. He's he's calling T-Bill and Shell. Again, one of those billionaires. He's a net worth of $2.2 billion. Um, he's not wrong, but what perspective is it in your life? He's saying big money and he's saying there's going to be a housing crisis. I think rates are going to fall as we move into a recession in the first part of next year. He says, I don't like cash because I think your interest rate, which is very attractive presently, may decline quite substantially next year. So he says, lock it up. So, you know, in the show, I've told you that I've got a, million dollars roughly in my money market he said lock it up rob and i probably will in the next month or two um maybe even sooner um in large part i'd like that five and a half percent for two three four years and if the fed starts lowering interest rates the money market fund is gonna be the first one to cut the rates it's more liquid than a t-bill um 
right now you could buy a six month T bill and get five and a half percent. He doesn't think the rate's going any higher. He's saying it's potentially going to decline. Um, so he doesn't want to be in cash. He wants to lock it up. That's how big money thinks, and I'm I'm not against him. And on a final note today, retirees are keeping their money longer in retirement plans. The longer you could do that, the better. As you approach retirement age, you may be wondering what to do with all the money in your retirement plan. Keep an eye on fees and asset allocations, of course. There's going to be administration fees. Those are the fees charged by the sponsor to cover the cost of administrating the plan. They do the record keeping. They do the accounting fees. There's investment fees. These are fees charged by the investment options in your plan. Mutual funds or ETFs. They can include what are called expense ratios. There's individual service fees. These are the fees for specific services, such as taking out a loan or making a hardship withdrawal. But I like that retirees are stretching out. They're saying, I could take it early, but if I let it sit there longer, it could stew and make more money before I start drawing it down. If you haven't saved enough, that's a good idea. I know that's easy for me to say, right? Because 60% of us are living paycheck to paycheck. A lot of people can't wait to get to retirement, start that Social Security, and start drawing off their 401k. I'd be very careful. You have to have 10 to 20 times your salary before you do that, in my opinion. Otherwise, keep saving. I'm Rob Black. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.